0: CHAPTER THREE OF RADIO BOYS IN THE SECRET SERVICE This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. RADIO BOYS IN THE SECRET SERVICE by J. W. Duffield THE MYSTERIOUS MAN AGAIN Walter Burton Missed his brother for many reasons during the latter's absence. Guy was always a good companion. Out of school, Walter scarcely knew what to do with himself. Heretofore, all his pleasures and all his labours had been shared by the other twin. They had always gone to school together, shovelled snow together, worked in the shop together, and studied wireless together. In this occupation, Or amusement walter was now almost lost he called v t and informed the latter of guy's plan and was waiting with receivers at his ears when his brother's call came from new york but for several days thereafter he neglected his hobby entirely not even caring to amuse himself by catching messages from any commercial or amateur source nevertheless Walter was deeply interested in everything wireless. The thrill and excitement of talking electric waves, impelled with air-splitting leaps of the current across the spark gap, had often enlivened his daydreams with radio visions, and it was hardly to be expected that he would long remain idle in view of the allurements and possibilities at hand. A quarter of a mile from the Burton home lived another boy, Anthony Lane who chummed a good deal with the wireless twins anthony or tony as he was familiarly called was a poor boy but this fact made no difference with walter or guy he was the right kind of stuff and that was all they cared for he was one of the best ball players at school could row and swim like a sailor and a fish and although strong and clever was never known to act the bully This boy had manifested a deep interest in wireless telegraphy as soon as he saw the apparatus of the Burton boys in operation. He learned the Morse alphabet, and practised on the instruments of his friends at their invitation. Up to the time when Guy left for Europe, however, he had not acquired much skill, and was therefore unable to fill, in this respect, the vacancy left by the absent brother. But one day Walter said to his friend, tony do you want to learn wireless so well that no operator can dot and dash away from you you bet i do was the other's reply i often thought i would but i couldn't afford to buy an outfit like yours then come over and live with me while guy's gone i'm awful lonesome i'll see what ma says answered tony the result was as walter suggested tony had a few chores to do home every evening for his father owned several acres and kept a cow pigs and chickens after this work was done he was permitted to go over to walter's and remain there until morning when he must return and do chores again meanwhile he devoted all his spare moments to wireless practice even when walter was not at liberty to talk with him one afternoon as the boys were returning home from school discussing some newly developed feature of interest in their hobby the subject was suddenly changed by the appearance before them of one who has figured earlier in this narrative he was the man with the tall derby hat and the travel shaped patent leathers did you notice that fellow walter asked in a low tone as they passed the man of conspicuous foot and headgear i saw him but didn't have much to say to him replied Tony, smiling at his friend's startled manner. Who was he, a detective, looking for violators of the amateur wavelength law? You're making fun of me, but you won't be so gay when I tell you all about him. What is it? asked Tony a little more seriously. You remember when Guy and Mother went away? You were at the depot. That man was there too. Didn't you see him? I don't know. What did he do? Steal a glass of buttermilk from the cowcatcher. You won't take this seriously at all, Tony. But just wait till you come over tonight, and I'll show you a letter from Guy that'll surprise you. What's it about? Asked Tony, his levity gone. Never mind now. You made fun of me, and I'm going to keep you guessing a while. It was Guy's first long letter since leaving Ferncliff that Walter showed to his friend that evening. The missive. Had arrived the day before and was postmarked London. It contained much detail concerning the voyage and the absent brother's first impressions of the city on the Thames. After performing this traveller's duty, Guy became more personal and told of incidents more intimately affecting himself and his mother. He began this part of his letter with an account of the peculiar actions of the man with the high-crown derby and the travel shaped patent leathers, writing in part as follows. After we reached New York, we lost sight of him, and I forgot all about him for several days. But he came back to my mind on the ship, and I couldn't help thinking of his funny actions. I'm sure now that he was interested in what Mother and I were talking about. I can't forget the way I caught him looking at me once when I turned around and faced him in the car. And it's mightily funny, too, his getting the seat just behind us on both trains. I can't believe it just happened that way, though I thought so at first. Now, what do you think? asked Walter as his friend finished reading the letter. I don't know, replied the other dubiously. Guy hasn't explained why this fellow should be so interested in him and your mother he might have been a big pocket suggested walter yes but he didn't get anything and if he's a confidence man he didn't try his game on them no he didn't walter admitted slowly you'd better give it up advised the wise-headed tony even if the fellow was interested in guy and your mother it didn't amount to much he didn't do anything and they're a long way from him now oh i was just worked up over the mystery walter assured his friend i wasn't afraid of anything serious the mystery however would not leave his mind and he grew impatient because of the persistence with which it haunted him next afternoon as the boys were on their way home from school again guy called a halt in front of the chennaweth house saying wait here a minute tony i want to see the hotel clerk walter entered the hotel and was out of his friend's sight a few minutes When he returned, he said, I guess there's nothing to it. Nothing to what? Inquired Tony. That man, Guy wrote about. He's a travelling jewellery salesman. I thought he might be stopping here. And he was. But he's gone now. Were you thinking about him yet? exclaimed Tony. I told you there was nothing to it. What's his name? Stanley Pickett. Forget him. Walter did. For a few weeks. End of chapter 3 Recording by Shruti Sinha, Lucknow